Take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, if you would. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're going to take a look this morning as to why the Bible says that the resurrection is such an important doctrine and such an important belief for us to understand and believe in. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's all stand together if you would. If your neighbor does not have a Bible, allow them to look on with you. So we can all look on God's Word together. 1 Corinthians 15, the first four verses, verses 1 through 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, I am so thankful this morning that I truly do serve a risen Savior. Lord, uh, I realize that it was our sins that put you on the cross. You died as a sacrifice for those sins, and you stayed in the grave for three days, but on the, on the third day, for three days and three nights, but then on the third day, you rose again from the dead. You, you, you got victory over death, over sin, over hell and over the grave, and you did that for us. We're thankful for the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray as we take a look at the importance of that belief and doctrine that you would work in our hearts. We pray, Father, that you would work in the hearts of those that might be under the sound of my voice this morning that do not know for sure that their sins are forgiven. They're not absolutely positive without any doubt in their mind that if they were to die today that they'd go to heaven. Because the whole reason for your death and your burial and your resurrection is so that we could know that for sure. And we can know it for sure, not because of, of us, but because of you. And because you are a, a, a God who is victorious over our sin and can, can give and dispense eternal life. We pray, Father, that you would bless this time. And Lord, may you speak to our hearts as you do. May we respond to you, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. The resurrection is a, a foundational truth for the Christian faith. I want you to keep your fingers here in 1 Corinthians. Go with me over to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, there's two verses that just about, if not, every time I have the opportunity to witness to someone, I often will we'll quote these verses, and I want you to notice that what is, uh, what is contained in the verse as far as what we need to believe on in order to be saved. In verses 9 and 10 of uh, Romans chapter 10, it says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth... Confession is made unto salvation. It is impossible for someone to get saved without believing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is, is a chapter that, that uh, deals entirely with resurrection. It starts with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then it goes through some, some arguments as to why the resurrection itself is so important. But it starts with the gospel, and the gospel is found in verses 1 through 4. It talks about the fact that, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. And gospel just simply means good news. Good news. Uh, it would not have been, nor could it have been good news, if, if uh, Jesus didn't rise from the dead. You know, we talk about the death of Christ, and the death of Christ is absolutely important because his death was a substitutionary death for us on the cross. He took our place. He died for our sins. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. But let me say this to you, without the resurrection, the, the death of Christ would not be able to be applied. Uh, he had to rise again from the dead. He had to get victory over death. He had to get victory over sin. He had to get victory over the grave. And he got those because of the resurrection. So it, it's only good news if Christ rose from the dead, and he did. Uh, Christ, uh, Christianity is, is, the only, is the only religion in existence today that has a living Savior. Uh, it has a living founder. Uh, everyone, everyone else is dead. Buddha is dead. Uh, Muhammad is dead. Uh, Brahma is dead. Jesus Christ is alive and well, amen? And he's, he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Uh, Christ said that he would, he would die and then rise again, over and over again in the Gospels. One in particular I want you to look, look at with me. Go to Matthew 16. Again, keep your finger in 1 Corinthians because we will be back there. Matthew chapter 16 And in Matthew 16, look down at verse 21. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. He told that to his disciples over and over and over again that he would die, but that he would rise again the third day. And there are all kinds of proofs of his resurrection. Honestly, it's one of the most validated uh, events in history. And, uh, in, and you, you find these different, these different validations. For instance, uh, go with me over to Luke chapter 24. The reason why we know that Christ rose from the dead was because the tomb was empty. Luke chapter 24, look in verses 1 through 3. It says, now, this is after the crucifixion, after they put him in the tomb. It says, now, upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had pre prepared, 
and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of Jesus. The body was gone. Why? Because he rose from the dead. The, the, another another uh, thing that is a testimony to the fact that that, uh, that Christ rose from the dead was the, the testimony that the angels gave at the tomb. Go to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. And in Luke 24, look with me down at verses 4 through 6. Luke 24, verse 4 says, And it came to pass, as they were... Much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was, in Gal when he was yet in Galilee. So uh, they're, they're reminding him, and it says two men, if you cross-reference that uh, with uh, Matthew chapter uh, 28, the, um, uh, it, it's very clear that these are angels, and the angels look like men. No, they didn't have wings. No, they weren't necessarily glowing in the dark. Uh, they were, they were, but but they, they gave them the message that, that he truly had risen from the dead. Uh, there were people that talked to him after he rose from the dead and gave testimony to the fact. Peter talked to him. Mary talked to him. The twelve talked to him. And uh, they all gave testimony of the fact that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead. You know, the Bible, Bible says this, and we find this as kind of a, of a rule of law in society, that you ha need to have two or three witnesses before you can establish a fact. Well, there was a whole lot more than two or three witnesses. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, in fact, go, go with me there if you would. 1 Corinthians 15, the, the first four verses are what we read. Look down in verse 5. It says, And he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Notice verse 6. After that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once of whom the greater part remain under this present, but some are fallen asleep. 500 people saw him at one time. Not one person, not two persons, not three people, but 500 people all at once. And then go with me over to, to Acts chapter 1. And if this wasn't enough, if it wasn't enough that there was an empty tomb that angels gave testimony, that uh, people talked to him after the resurrection. 500 people saw him all at one time. And then Acts chapter 1 and verse 3 says, to whom, speaking of Jesus, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So there were, many, there were many infallible proofs that were given. And one of the other reasons why, and this is just kind of a, of a throw-in, but one of the other reasons why we know that he rose from the dead is that you can't find his bones. If, if he didn't rise from the dead, then his bones are somewhere. 
Well, guess what? They are nowhere to be found on this earth. And you can, you can look until you're blue in the face. You're never going to find them. Why? Because he is not here. He is risen. I love what the angels said when they said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? What are you doing in the graveyard? He's not here anymore. He's left. He's risen from the dead. So the question is, why then is the, is the resurrection so important? Why does, why does everything really in our Christian faith uh, rest upon the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead? Well, 1 Corinthians 15, the Apostle Paul goes through some, some arguments and explains why that resurrection was so important. Look with me in verse 14. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 14. And, and he says this. He says, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. First of all, he said, our preaching is in vain. Uh, if, if, uh, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then what are we doing celebrating Resurrection Sunday? What in the world am I doing preaching to you about the resurrection? The resurrection is central to the message. And uh, uh, Romans chapter 4, if you turn with me there for a moment, Romans chapter 4, verses 23 through 25. Romans 4 and 23 through 25 says, Now it, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, that's speaking of the righteousness of Christ, in verse 24, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. God links two important doctrines to the resurrection. One is imputation of Christ's righteousness. We could not have Christ's righteousness imputed or put to our account through belief in him had it not been for the resurrection. And the second thing is justification. Justification is just simply pardoned from sin. It's pardoned from sin. And when we're justified, we are pardoned from sin. God's righteousness is put to our account. And when a person trusts Jesus Christ as Savior, believing on his death, his burial, and his resurrection, the Bible says that, that righteousness is imputed unto them, and they become just in the eyes of God. In other words, when God looks at me this morning, does not see all my sin. You know what he sees? He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He, he sees the purity of Christ. That's not me, but that's his purity that has been given and put to my account. And, uh, and that is all possible because of the resurrection. An another reason why the resurrection is so important. Look in, in chapter 15, again, verse 14, it says, And your faith is also vain. Uh, your faith would be vain. It would be empty. It would be meaningless without the resurrection. We'd, we'd be believing the testimony of a liar. You know, either, either Jesus Christ rose from the dead 
or he was the biggest and most harmful liar that ever walked on the face of the earth. Yeah, that's just the, the fact of the matter. Now, I don't believe that he lied for a second for, for all the obvious reasons and because of the testimonies that were given. But, but the Bible makes it clear that if the resurrection did not take place, then your faith is useless. Mark chapter 8 and verse 31 says, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and of the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He, he said that, he predicted his own death and resurrection over and over and over again. Faith is good, but faith in falsehoods are worthless. Uh, we, we, need to have, we need to have faith in truth. It's, it's, you know, it's important to be sincere, but it's possible to be sincerely wrong. Um, Bible says, Jesus said this in John 14. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, what that just simply means is this. If a person doesn't trust Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, that there is no hope for them. They have no hope. The only hope we have is in Jesus Christ. But that hope would be in vain if it wasn't for the resurrection. The resurrection is, is what makes our, our faith valuable. And uh, again, it's, it's good to be sincere, but sincerity alone does not cut it. You need to have a sincere belief in that which is true and that which is factual. Uh, Matthew, take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 7. Here's an example of sincerity that was misplaced. Matthew chapter 7. And in Matthew 7, I want you to look with me down in verse, verses 21 through 23. Matthew 7, 21. Jesus is speaking and he says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name uh, done many wonderful works. You know, what he, you know what he's describing there? A religious person. And a sincere religious person person. And they're saying, listen, haven't we done these wonderful works and we've done it in your name? Notice down in verse 23, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. The, the key to that whole thing is that phrase, I never knew you. Salvation, when it comes to Jesus Christ, salvation is personal. It's not just understanding and knowing a set of facts. It's not having down the right doctrine. It's putting your faith and your trust in those things and believing on Jesus Christ and Him alone personally for forgiveness of sins. It's important for a person to be able to look back to a time when they put all their faith 
and all their trust in Christ and Christ alone. They realized they were a sinner. They realized they were heading for hell. They realized that there was no hope for them outside of Christ, that Jesus died for their sins. According to the scriptures, he was buried and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. And if they trust him and him alone as Savior, that they'll, they'll receive eternal life from God. Um, there's got to be a time in your life when you look back and you see where that thing went from fact to being personal. That's why it says over in Romans chapter 10, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. It's not enough to just have the facts. You've got to believe it, and you've got to believe it in your heart. Uh, another reason why the, the resurrection is so important. It, 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 if you look with me in verse 15 of 1 Corinthians 15, verse 15 says, Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. And he's just simply saying this, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, if the dead don't rise, then he said that we are, we're false witnesses. Uh, you know, preaching would be useless, and it'd be more than useless, it'd be dangerous, because it's putting in people's minds a, a false hope. Uh, tracks would be absolutely useless. Uh, if Christ didn't rise from the dead, why pass out tracks? Uh, all witnessing, street preaching, any of those things would be folly. Because if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then all those things are useless. Uh, we'd be giving out a false hope. And I'm, I'm, but I'm here to tell you this morning, the, the, the hope that we give through Scripture is not false, but it's a true hope. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Uh, look down in verses 16 and 17. Another reason why it's so important. It says, for if the dead rise not, there is not, then is, is, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is in vain. Ye are yet in your sins. If Christ did not rise from the dead, I don't care how many times, you know, how sincere you were, uh, how much you believed in the resurrection, how much you believed in the mercy of God, if Jesus Christ did not rise from the dead, then, then your faith is in vain and you're still in your sin. In other words, you're still responsible for your own sin because he did not rise from the dead. Good news is he did rise from the dead. And because he rose from the dead, he got victory over your sin. He got victory over death. He got victory over hell. He got victory over the grave. He got victory over all of those things through the resurrection. In, in the Bible, uh, sin always brings forth death. Always brings forth death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But that's only possible, that's only possible because of his resurrection. If, if he was not resurrected, then we would still be in our sins. Back in, in uh, 1969 as a teenager, I trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. From that day till this, I have not been in my sins. In other words, 
my sins are paid for. My past sins, my present sins, the sins I haven't even committed yet, they were all paid for by the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and, and I, can, I can have that assured hope of heaven because he rose from the dead. Down in verse 18, here's another reason why um, the resurrection is so important. Verse 18, then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If Christ didn't rise from the dead, then nobody else will, will either. And everyone who has, who has died that had said that they trusted Christ as Savior uh, will, will, will just stay dead. Uh, they'll never rise again. You'll never see your loved ones again if Christ didn't rise from the dead. You know, one of the, one of the, 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 uh, the blessings, I know many of, I say many, several of you have come from Christian homes, you have, you have uh, saved parents, you have saved grandparents, uh, many of you have gone to funerals and, and, and uh, uh, you have seen your loved ones buried. You know, it's a blessing to know that that's not the last time you're ever going to see them again. If you're saved and they were saved, you'll see them and be with them forever in heaven. Uh, I was talking oh, within the last, I don't know, few weeks, just talking with uh, somebody about, I think it was Grant, about uh, the, uh, the, the day that uh, Lori's mom trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. She was, she was at loggerheads with the gospel for just about her whole life. And... Um, she uh, she told she told Lori that she wanted to she wanted to get saved. She asked to, me to go up and talk to her, and uh, so I went up there and I, I witnessed to her, and uh, she bowed her head. And man, she got I mean she got saved. Now she had cancer. She had cancer in the brain, uh, that's cutting it awful awful close, but uh, but she she got saved. She told everybody who came into her room. Am I right, Lori? Everybody that she got saved. She, I mean, she witnessed right up till the day she died. Um, we, had, we had this place was packed out with bus drivers uh, because she was a bus driver. And uh, they got the gospel because of her. You know what? I'm going to see her in heavens again someday. That, that uh, you know, that the last time that I saw her was not the last time I will ever see her. I'll see her again. Why? Because Christ rose from the dead. <laughs> if he didn't rise from the dead then that would not be possible. Uh, and then the, la the last reason, look down at verse 19. It says, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. You know what that's saying? That's saying if you don't have anything to look forward to in, when it comes to eternity after this life, if you have nothing to look forward to, we were talking to, about this a little bit last night in men's prayer meeting, uh, how, you know, what, what kind of misery must folks who do not have the assurance of eternal life have when everything just seems to be falling apart, not only just in America right now, but in the world? I mean, it's just, it's a mess right now. This last year has been, been absolutely horrible. And uh, uh, what if you had nothing to look forward to? I have something to look forward to. 
I, I, I have heaven to look forward to. I have, I have a resurrection of my body someday to look forward to. I have a new body to look forward to. I have my Savior to look forward to. Why? Because He is not here. He is risen from the dead. He's already there. He's already waiting for me. And, uh, and, and the Scripture says, if, if the only hope we have is down here, because Christ is not risen from the dead, we're miserable. We're miserable. Yeah, we are. We'd be an absolute mess. Uh, and and uh, the power of the resurrection is what brings joy. Um, you know, joy comes from the declaration of the fact that he is not here, but he is risen from the dead, and that we, that we serve a risen Savior. Um, look with me, if you would, to, at verse, uh, verses 20 through 22. After Paul gives all those, those negative things that would be true if Christ had not risen from the dead, in verse 20 he says this, But now, is Christ risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept? For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as an Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. He makes the, the declaration, he makes the statement uh, that, that uh, Christ is risen from the dead. And because Christ is risen from the dead, we have hope. Our faith is not in vain. If you've believed on Jesus Christ, you're no longer in your sins. The question, though, is this. Have you personally appropriated what Jesus did when he died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again the third day. Have you made that personal in your life? Bible says the wages of sin is death. There's two kinds of death in the Bible. There's a physical death, and then there's a spiritual death. Physical death is when the body goes and the soul and the spirit leave the body. The spiritual death is when a soul goes to hell for all eternity and dies forever. That's what every single person in this sanctuary deserves. That's what this preacher deserves. Why? Because I'm a sinner. And my sin has to be taken care of, has to be forgiven. My sin has to be taken away. There's only one person that can do that. And that's a risen Savior. Not one that's still in the grave, but one that died for our sins, according to the Scripture, was buried and rose again the third day. He got victory over my sin. He got victory over my death. He got victory over the fact that I deserve to die and go to hell for all eternity. He got victory over all those things. The question is, have you made that personal? Are you absolutely positive that if you're to die today, that you go to heaven? That's really the most that there, There's no more important question than anybody could ever ask you than that one right there. Are your sins, why? Well, because the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die and after this the judgment. There is no second chance after, after death. There is no purgatory. I know there's some that teach that there is. There is no reincarnation. There is none of that stuff. The Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment. 
So the question is, do you know that for sure? Are you absolutely positive that if you were to die today that you go to heaven? The Bible says you can know it for sure. I was talking to someone here just not too long ago, and uh, they were telling me how that, you know, they believed all those things. And, uh, and I, so I just simply asked the question. I said, well, you know, it's good to have that, that knowledge of those things, but, but are you absolutely positive? And they said, well, I, I think I am, but I've got some doubts. And I said, well, let me ask you this. I said, have you ever personally, just at a time in your life, told God that you believe all those things, you believe that you're a sinner on your way to hell, that you believe that Jesus Christ died for you and that you need mercy, and you asked him right then and there to forgive you of all your sins, past, present, and future, and give you eternal life. He got real quiet. And then the person said, no, I haven't done that. I said, so you know all those things, but you haven't made it personal. We have a phrase that we use a lot around here. Trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Why? Because it's personal. You don't get it because your family had it. You don't get it because you were brought up in a particular church. You, you get it because you make it personal. Nobody can do it for you. You have to go to God. And you have to ask Him for mercy. When a person does that, God gives them eternal life. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. A gift is something that one person pays the entire purchase price to, so that they can give that gift to another person. The person who receives the gift pays nothing, but they have to receive it. They have to be willing to receive it. They have to make the gift personal. They have to, to, to receive the gift. And that's the way it is with eternal life. Just because you went to church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. Just because you've been a good person doesn't mean you're going to heaven. None of those things actually have anything to do with it at all. It has everything to do with whether or not you have personally trusted Jesus Christ as Savior. Now, for those of, of you that have done that, look down at the end of the chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and look beginning in verse 54. Verse 54 says, So then, so when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, and that's all possible because of Christ's resurrection, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of, of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why is that possible? That's all possible because he rose from the dead. God gave us victory. Through death, through his death, he gave us victory over death. He gave us victory over sin. He gave us victory over the grave. And we can only beat those three things through Jesus Christ. Now, 
the conclusion is this, down in verse 58, therefore, my beloved brethren, and he's speaking to those that have trusted Christ as Savior. He's saying, because Christ is risen from the dead, because you, you're, you're going to rise from the dead, because you have that, that hope of heaven that you know is going to come to pass because of what Jesus did for you. Verse 58 says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You know, being steadfast and unmovable has nothing to do with circumstances. Has nothing to do with who's running the government. <laughs> has nothing to do with what's going on in society. It has everything to do with whether or not you understand and appreciate what Jesus Christ has done for you. Uh, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Because the, the resurrection means that your labor is not in vain. The resurrection means that, that uh, you have done it for the right cause. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead, and so therefore I will be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. So two questions, and then I'm done. Question number one, do you know for sure right where you sit this morning? Or if you're watching on, on the internet this morning, do you know for sure that all of your sins, your past sins, your present sins, and your future sins are forgiven because of Jesus Christ? Do you know for sure that if you died today, you go to heaven? Because you can look back to a time in your life when you made all of that personal. You realize that you were a sinner. You realized that you were heading for hell. You realized that your good works couldn't save you. You realized there was nothing you could do because Christ has already done it all. He died, he was buried, and he rose again. He died for your sin. And you simply turned to Christ and asked him for mercy. Asked him to save you. Asked him to give you eternal life. Do you know for sure that you're saved? Then secondly, if you are saved, does verse 58 describe your life? Are you steadfast? Is your life one that's immovable? And is your life a life that's always abounding in the work of the Lord? In other words, are you involved in ministry? Are you involved in seeing people saved? Are you involved in praying for others? Is your life surrounded with the cause of Christ? If you believe in the resurrection, there's two things it'll give you. First of all, it'll give you salvation. Second of all, it'll give you a reason to live. And it'll give you a reason to be steadfast, unmovable, and always abounding. Let's bow our heads. Let's have heads bowed and eyes closed. Just before we give what we call the invitation around here, I want to ask you a question. Number one, do you know for sure? If you die today that you go to heaven, are you absolutely positive that your sins are forgiven? Because you can look back to a time when you trusted Jesus Christ and Him alone as your Savior. If you know that for sure, 
I wonder if you might just raise your hand as a testimony to that. Just say, Pastor, my head's bowed and eyes closed. No one looking around. Say, Pastor, here's my hand. I know for sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven because I've trusted Christ. All right, thank you. You can put your hands down. How many of you would be just as honest and just as open and say, you know what, I got some doubts? Or maybe you'd be real honest and say, you know, I don't have a clue. But, but there's some doubt there that, that you would go to heaven, that you're not sure that your sins are forgiven. And you'll allow me to pray for you. I count that, that an honor to do that. And I'd like to know who I'm praying for. So I wonder if you might just raise your hand and say, Pastor, here's my hand. I'm not sure that if I die to go to heaven, but I'd sure like to know, would you pray for me? Anyone like that here this morning? Say, Pastor, here's my hand. Boy, I, I'm, I'm just not absolutely positive. Here's my hand. Pray for me. All right, you're here this morning and you are saved. And you know for sure your sins are forgiven. My question for you is, is your life steadfast? Is your testimony and your love for God immovable? And are you abounding in the work of the Lord? Uh, is, is, is your day-by-day -day life a testimony to the fact that we serve a risen Savior? He's in the world today. Father, I pray that you would bless this invitation and speak to hearts particularly for anyone that's here or watching online that does not know Christ as Savior. I pray that today would be the day they would admit to you in prayer that they're a sinner on their way to hell and that they believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they ask you for mercy and ask you to forgive them of all their sins, past, present, and future, and give them eternal life today. Lord, uh, if there's anyone here that's like that, I pray they might come forward, take my hand, say, Pastor, I'd like to be saved. We'll have someone take the Word of God and show them very clearly how they can get that issue settled once and for all. And then, Lord, I pray for all that are here this morning that are saved. Many hands went up. The question is, is our life steadfast? Is it immovable? Are we abounding in the work of the Lord? There isn't anything that is a better testimony to the fact of a risen Savior than that. God, I pray that if there's anyone that might be faltering in their Christian life, or there's an area that they're battling with, that today would be the day they'd lay it on the altar because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, please have your will and have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's do this.